The work of the Holy Spirit. That's the subject of our time today here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Join us. Often spoken about, but seldom agreed upon, the work of the Holy Spirit. Just exactly what is his job? What is his role, his work? Well, that's what we're looking at today from God's Word. John chapter 16 is where we're at, verses 5 through 15. It's there that is recorded for us the work of the Holy Spirit, what his job is, and why it's so important. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Make it a point to join us and be encouraged as we understand the work of the Holy Spirit. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with more. God is a triune being. The Bible says that there are three that bear uh, witness and record in heaven. We have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says these three are one. They are a compound unity, a triunity. And the Holy Spirit, which we, who we call the third member of the, the Trinity, is, is not, and I want to make this clear, He is not an it or a thing. He is a person. He possesses all the essential attributes of God, that which makes God, God. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. But yet he works within the God. And I think it's important for us that we understand this about him. He thinks, he knows, he speaks, he listens. And sometimes I think when, when we, 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 I hear people, and, and I, know, I know what people mean, but you've got to understand, he's not an it. Saints, he wants to be involved in every area of your life. He wants to counsel you. He wants to impart to you wisdom. He wants to give you knowledge. He wants to give you insight into the things that were that are and are to come. And it's, it's important that we develop and cultivate a, rela- a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that it becomes tangible and real, that your relationship with the Holy Spirit is just not, well, I want to go and get a touch. It's not just about getting a touch from the Holy Spirit. It's about living with Him, abiding, allowing Him to abide in you. To walk with you, it's a daily walk. It's not just the Holy Spirit touch me. No, He's in you. And yes, He's going he's to manifest His presence in your life in different areas and ways as He sees fit. But I think the key is, is that you're walking with someone. We're walking with someone. We're living with someone. That He is alive in us. That we have become the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit of God. And that it's not just... Uh, and, I, and I think sometimes, especially when people come out of other religions and faith, sometimes we get spooky and weird. And we don't understand that, no, this, he is a person. He feels you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can resist the Holy Spirit. You can, you can run away from the Spirit of God. 
you, you, and I think it's, it's important that you can, you can blaspheme the Spirit of God. The Scripture is clear concerning all these things. Saints, get to the place in your life, and I have to get to the place in my life, where the, the person that we're worried about offending more than anyone else is the Holy Spirit. We're so concerned with how people feel and what they think and how they're going to take things. And sometimes it's sad that we're more concerned with offending people than we are offending the Holy Spirit. We have to stop and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to be alive and active in my life. And I want it to become such a reality to me that I'm more concerned about your opinions and your views than anything else. In John chapter 16, verse 5, Jesus, he gets to this and he starts talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 5. It says, it says this, it says, Jesus says, but now I go away to him who sent me, that is the Father. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, Sorrow has filled your heart. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is expedient. It is to your advantage that I go away. He says, for if I do not go away, the helper, somebody say helper. Helper. This word is also translated comforter in the King James Version and other versions. The helper or the comforter. This word in the Greek, it also means encourager, encourager. This word here in the Greek also means exhorter. This word is tied to aid, someone that gives aid. And then I like this also, this word is a legal term. It was often used from a legal uh, standpoint, and it is, uh, it literally means a legal advisor, that he's like your lawyer. He stands on behalf of you, representing you. This is what Jesus says. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, verse 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, he says, for if I do not go away, the helper, the aider, the encourager, the legal advisor, the comforter, he says, will not come to you. But if I depart, he says, I will send him to you. He says, I'll send him to you. I love this because uh, along with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he is the ultimate sent one. He has been sent on an assignment into your life, into the world. And his job, he comes, and I, and I come, I love this, he comes to do work in your life. Not just work for you, but he comes to do work in you. And all of us have to embrace this, and we're going to see this in his, in his ministry here, but this is a part of what we have to, we have to understand, that he's on assignment yeah, yeah. in my life. He's on assignment in, my, in the earth and in this church, in the world. And he, he becomes a big part of who we are, what we do, what we're aspiring to do, the decisions that we make, he has to be involved in all of that. It's from a legal standpoint. I like this. He says, a legal advisor, he advises you on things. But do we take time to 
inquire of the Lord. Inquire of the Holy Spirit. Do we take time or do we have the patience enough to stop and say, wait a minute, we need to counsel the Holy Spirit on this. Do we take time enough when it comes to decision making to say, I want the Holy Spirit to be involved in every decision that I make. I'm not capable of doing a good job without the Holy Spirit. I need his assistance. And I I like this, and we have to be careful because sometimes God's way of delaying you is his way of seeing, will you wait on him? Or will you take matters into your own hands? Or or, or, Or are you showing God that you got this? We need the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? amen. And, and we have to see that when it comes to encouragement, he's the great encourager. When it comes to comforting you, you may not be in a comfortable situation, but God will comfort you in the situation. He's the ultimate when it comes to this. When it comes to exhorting you, This is one of the things that I love about the Holy Spirit. Just as soon as I get ready to have a pity party. I hear the Lord. The Lord saying, get up. I was having a pity party this week. I was like, I'm about to call somebody to preach on Sunday because I'm just, I'm tired. My neck hurt. My throat, oh, cool. He says, yeah, but you're going to get up and preach on Sunday. And what happens is, says, we learn he's an exhorter. He comes to encourage. He helps to get us up. But the relationship with the Holy Spirit, we have to embrace this aspect of what he's bringing into our life to aid us. He comes along and he aids us. Jesus said, it's expedient. It's, it's, it's to your advantage. I'm going to sit on the right hand of the Father. I'm going to work for you from there. But the Holy Spirit, he's not only going to just be with you, he's going to be in you. And he's going to work for you from here. He's going to aid you. He's going to help you. And all of us, we need to embrace this. He says here in verse 8, he says, and when he comes, now this is good. This is another aspect of his ministry. And when he comes, he will convict the cosmos, the world. And that means all that is in the world. He says, of sin and of righteousness, and of the judgment. He says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Evidently, these did, so there's no conviction for them, but they did. He says, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of, the, of this world is judged. He says he comes to convict. Somebody say, convict. This word here in the Greek, it means to prove one in the wrong. That means that when we're walking with the Holy Spirit, as we're enjoying our relationship with with Him, He's going to comfort us. He's going to aid us. He's going to encourage us. But He's also going to convict us. And conviction is a good thing. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's a good thing. Come on, look at your other neighbor. Tell him it's a good thing. When God shows you or proves to you that you're wrong, it is a good thing. It is a sign that God is still active in your life and he's trying to help you. Amen? If you're without conviction, if you're without chastisement, if you're without those things, 
It's a bad sign. When God comes and he convicts, he's going to convict He's going to convict the world. This word, I love this, is an all-encompassing word, cosmos, everything that's in the world. He says he's going to convict individuals. He's going to prove one in the wrong. And I like this. This word here in the Greek, it also means to reprove. It means to rebuke. It means to admonish. And let me say this, and I think this is important because this happens oftentimes in church And it needs to be addressed. The word shame is tied to this word. It has to be understood. Because there's times when we get convicted that there is a shame aspect to conviction. There should be a feeling like, man, man, I feel bad. I shouldn't have did that. I know I was wrong. Shame doesn't mean rejection. This is what I'm saying. Shame does not mean rejection. It just means that, you know what? I shouldn't have did that. And I feel bad about it. And I feel ashamed for what I did. And, and sometimes we, we it's, it's unfortunate that, especially in church circles, people come to church and if they feel convicted or feel shameful about something they did, Instead of sitting in that and responding in obedience to God and allow God to correct them, they run from it. And in some cases, they'll run to another church that'll just tell them everything they want to hear. So the issues never get addressed. And they never embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And they never get truly regenerated or converted. Because now I'm just sitting in church, and if I hear anything that makes me feel bad, then it must not be God. But the devil is a liar. There's times when the Holy Spirit, he's going to convict us of, number one, he says, sin. He's going to convict us of sin. Praise the Lord. God, thank you that you want to get all sin out of my life. And you sent the Holy Spirit to help me to get clean. Can I have an amen? Amen. This is the mindset we have to have. Well, thank God. And thank God you're in a church where the Holy Spirit comes in here and he helps us to get free. And that he convicts us. And sometimes we feel bad. Like, man, I went, oh, come on, man. Why did I do that? And, and we're, we're willing to sit in it. We try to teach in this church. Sit in that. That's the Holy Spirit. He's just trying to get you right. He hasn't rejected you. He's just trying to pull you in and clean you up. But if you keep running from God or if we do like Adam did and we start hiding and covering and blaming, then we're, 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 we're hindering the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life. He's going to convict us. And thank God he's going to convict us. And I don't know about you, when I came to Christ, saints, I was, not, I was not trying to get a house and a car and a this and a that. I looked myself in the mirror and I said, man, something wrong with you. But I didn't have any hope. I was looking like, man, somebody, I need to be changed. And through the gospel and through the word of God, I, I found hope that, wait a minute, you're telling me that God will come into my life. He'll forgive me of my sins. 
then turn around, empower me to overcome sin. Give me the Holy Spirit as the first fruits of my inheritance and cause me to overcome me in my life. Are you kidding me? Well, praise the Lord. Sign me up. I want to be saved right now. I want Jesus in my life. I'm not tripping. I was not concerned about going to hell. I wasn't all those things. I I mean, those things weren't at the forefront. The, The forefront was, Lord, if somebody, Lord Jesus, changed my life. Not just my situation. But if you're going to give me the Holy Spirit and you're telling me that he's going to give me love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. Somebody say self-control. That he's going to impart to me self-control. Self-control. Do you mean to tell me I can make myself shut up now? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And that he's going to fill my heart with love. Oh my goodness. And what happens is we sit back and we don't realize this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. But he's going to convict us of sin. He's going to convict us of righteousness. I was just studying that this week. I've been studying the book of 1 John for a while now. And there's a scripture that says, He who practices righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. That now righteousness isn't just something from from a positional standpoint that we inherit. It's lived out in our lives. He's going to convict the world of sin righteousness, he says. So when it comes to rightness or being in right standing with God, he helps us to stay in that place. And he shows us in areas where we're not. Not only us, but with everyone. This is what he's going to do. And this is what he does of sin righteousness. And then he says the judgment to come. He convinces us and he shows us that that if you're going to walk with the enemy, his direction ultimately is going to lead him into the lake of fire. And everybody that's following him will have to deal with that issue. And because the God of this world is being judged, everyone who's following the God of this world, little G, Satan himself, everyone, that's following him, and this is what Jesus says, is going to have to deal with the consequences of his actions and his leadership in their life. So judgment, he convicts of this, and he shows this. This is what he says. He says in verse, in verse, in verse 8, And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of the judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see him and you will see him no more. And judge me because the ruler of this world is judged. And for us, we have to see this. The God of this age. It's also translated the God of this age. He's being judged. And everyone that is swept up in the culture with him is going to have to deal with this, the consequences of being swept up in the culture with him. That he's going to be judged. And for all of us, we want to make sure that we're on the right side of judgment. Can I have an amen? amen. This is what we want to do. He says here in verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of what? 
He says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all what? So we have to see this about his character. That the Holy Spirit, he is the spirit of truth. That which is real, that which is reality. There is no lie in him. The spirit of truth dwells within us. He lives and abides within us. And when he comes... The Bible says that he's going to guide. Somebody say guide. He's going to guide us into all truth. That means that this is a process. When we first give our life to Christ or we're journeying on with God, understand that there's areas in our lives where we we may be walking in error or we're dealing with error in our lives or in somebody else's life. It's the Holy Spirit that helps to guide us in the right direction. When you look at Jesus' ministry... He did not start his ministry until the heavens opened, the Father proclaimed his proclamation over his life, and the Spirit of of the Lord rested upon him like a dove. You see the Father, you see the Son, you see the Holy Spirit resting upon the Son. And it was the Holy Spirit that helped to empower Jesus while he was in his earthly state to discern the Pharisees trying to trip him up in his words. To discern some uh, the manipulation that his brothers and mother tried to, 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 to you know, use upon him. To get him to do things that were out of the will of God. It was the Holy Spirit that gave him the insight and the wisdom on how to respond when people brought false accusation against him. He was always being led and guided into 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 truth he was always being led and guided into the right direction he knew exactly where he should go where he should be well it's the same thing for us the holy spirit he rests upon our life and he wants to lead and guide us the bible says it's his ministry to lead and guide you into all truth so that truth is not just coming through you Truth becomes a part of you, even in areas of our lives where there's not, we're not being truthful. The Holy Spirit, he's there to help us, to guide us into those places. He'll guide you into all truth when, when your children try to trip you up and tell you they did something they didn't do. Have you ever caught your kids? The Holy Spirit will tell you that too. He'll tell you something about somebody on your job. He'll tell you about family members. He'll tell you about things. Hey, watch, don't, hey, when you go in the meeting, don't say nothing today. They're trying to get you. Hmm. We got a secret agent, baby. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? The Holy Spirit to have you, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, this is how he works in your life. He's leading you and he's guiding you into all truth. Doctrinally, he's guiding you into all truth. The revelation of Christ's person, he's guiding you into all truth. He's guiding you though. And I think it's important that we see that he is guiding. If he's guiding, then we have to sit back and enjoy our guide. Stop thinking that we know everything. Stop trying to help him out. You don't know the way. Sit back and enjoy the guide. Have you ever been on a trip? You don't know. You're in some foreign country. You don't know where to go. 
But you better trust that guide, amen? amen? And it's the same thing. We're in this land. And there's all kinds of things that, we, that, that are seen and unseen that we don't understand. From a spiritual standpoint, do you know that the Holy Spirit is guiding us into all truth? He's given us so much revelation and insight. If we just be sensitive to His nudgings and promptings in our lives. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. 